I know, I know. So I've been thinking about, um, we've been selling branded interviews. Mm. So um, people come on the show, I interview them, and I basically tell their story and give them a whole bunch of media exposure. We guarantee like 10,000 views per clip or per interview, uh, or we refund the money. Um, and it's something like we've been running the show now for six years. We've had 2 million downloads, 340 episodes. It was the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. Like legit. It's the best thing I've ever done because it helped me get over a lot of the insecurities and imposter syndrome stuff that I that I just carried with me mm-hmm. for some reason. Um, and like I'm an introvert, don't really like meeting people. You know, I just people must go. You're away. an introverted extrovert. Uh, is that's that what how I'm, I'd describe you? Uh, thank sure, you so much. Sure, yeah. Is that a new thing? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. So um, yeah, and it's like the the more I podcast, the richer I get. Hi there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Map Brown Show. And thank you as always for pushing play. In today's uh, Getting Down with Brown, co-hosted by Jay Byrne. Hello, hello, hello. We get into the business news of the week. Uh, this time, <laughs> we're getting into uh, you know, Elon Musk's apparent Bitcoin and Ethereum giveaway total scam. Uh, so we'll get into that. Super sophisticated, so super interesting to talk about. We get into NFTs. Can you make money from NFTs? We also talk about David Goggins' 4x4x48 four by four by uh, hour challenge. This is a... Four, you run four miles every four hours for two days. So I'm going to do that, and I talk about uh, the challenge. And I'm going to raise seventy-seven thousand rand. It's a thousand rand for every uh, mile I run. Was it a kilometer? I run kilometer. Kilometer. Sorry, it's seventy-seven kilometers essentially yeah. <laughs> in two days. Nutcase. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah. So for every k I run, I'm going to basically donates a thousand rand to a school in need along with a thousand of copies of my uh, book uh, your inner game and if you'd like to join me in that challenge please do get in touch with me it's hello at mattbrownshow.com or tweet me at mattbrownza come get crazy with me uh, come do something for good um, and it's on march the 5th um, and uh, we get into a whole bunch more stuff as well as you can expect from this version of the show Jono, what jumped for you on the show was it was that. It was the challenge. Um, some crazy stuff, man. I'm looking forward to you uh, getting into it. All right, cool. All right, guys. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Let's go. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to yet another cracking installment of the Getting Down with Brown show. With me is my co-host, Jay Byrne. Hello, hello, hello. It is a Wednesday. Not it a, is. Not a Friday. I know. It feels good. Congrats, dude. Yeah. yeah. Congrats. I'm stoked for you. Yeah. Yeah. Why? <laughs> no reason whatsoever that's nice so to get you guys all pumped for the show it's time for our dance video get the fuck out of bed bitch go
Never that shit. <laughs> yeah, that was good stuff. That yeah, was. Good stuff. Yeah. That's, is that clip for the week too? Okay. Well, we should have done that instead. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't, che- if you guys want to see what we're seeing, uh, head on over to the YouTube channel uh, at uh, well Matt Brown Show. You can find us there. Tweet us at Matt Brown ZA. We are live all over the internet, so please join the conversation. And uh, you know, let's see where we go today. So lots to cover. Uh, we're going to start with the news. So the news of the week, probably that I've seen anyway, is that Jack Dorsey is stepping down from yeah, Twitter. Yeah, old Jack. Finally. Yeah. Second time, right? Second term. Really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, the market seems to love the fact that he's stepping down because uh, it jumped by 11% uh, no, uh, right. on news that he was uh, being basically dropped so or forced yeah. out. Well, I'm sure there's the a story. Guy, the, the next guy's the CTO, right? I think the, the old CTO. Yes. So he's the new CEO. Uh-huh. Um, so hopefully he'll um, start to innovate a bit over there at Twitter because it's been pretty stagnant for quite a long Yes, Twitter Blue hey, is the probably the biggest innovation ever, and it's pretty shitty. Uh, Twitter Blue, the subscription service, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really should. I mean, <laughs> for real. Yeah. I want to change the color of my Twitter. I know. Let, uh, let's let's charge you to change the color of the app icon. Right? <laughs> let's charge you to change uh, uh, what, your, um, uh, what color the app looks like inside. Let's mm-hmm. charge you to read stuff more clearly than before. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sort of thing I would t- that would turn you on. Yeah, right? yeah. Those, yeah. Are, those little tweaks to product. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the bane of my life. <laughs> but uh, let's take a look at the news. So this is what went More down. following breaking news this hour. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey has announced he's stepping down. The markets are already responding to the news. So let's go ahead and bring in CNBC tech reporter Mackenzie Sigalos for the latest. Mackenzie, what do we know about, you know, why Dorsey is stepping down right now? Do we know who, who will, will replace him? And can you talk to us a little bit about how the market is specifically responding to this news? So we know who's replacing him. It's the CTO of the company who's been there for a decade. In terms of why Jack Dorsey is taking this step now, you know, Morgan, he's been balancing two big jobs the last few years. He was serving as CEO of both Twitter and the digital payments company Square. In a statement put out by Twitter this morning, Dorsey was quoted as saying that he had decided to leave Twitter because he believed the company is, quote, ready to move on from his from the company's founders. But he didn't provide any additional detail on why he decided to resign. Now, there are a couple of things that could be happening here. It's not the first time that there has been talk of Dorsey leaving Twitter. Last year, he faced an ousting when Twitter stakeholder Elliott Management tried to replace him. Others have speculated it has to do with Dorsey's desire to focus more attention on what's happening at Square. He's been pushing a lot of crypto-focused projects this year, including potentially getting into mining, and he himself is a big believer in Bitcoin. Now, as for the market reaction, Twitter stock was up on the news before trading was halted due to news pending. Shares jumped about 10% this morning, and they're up about 5% this hour. Morgan? Mackenzie, there's also some pretty high expectations for Dorsey's replacement, as you just noted. Can you talk to us about what some of those expectations are and really the company's plan now moving forward? Yeah, so the incoming CEO will have to meet some pretty aggressive internal goals. Twitter said earlier this year that it aims to have 315 million monetizable daily active users by the end of 2023. And yeah, that's a pretty ambitious goal. And it also wants to at least 
double its annual annual revenue in that year. But the good news is that Agarwal, so that former CTO who's now becoming the CEO, knows his way around the company. He's been there for more than a decade. He's mm-hmm. been CTO since 2017, where he ran strategy involving AI and machine learning. Dorsey also backed him in that official statement this morning, said that his trust in him is deep and that his work has been transformative for Twitter so far. So that's, mm. an, that's an interesting move, right? Yeah, it is. Um, and I think it's late. He should have bailed ages ago. Oh, totally. I mean, the company's not making money. Yeah, it's still not making a profit, right? Yeah. So if you have 300, I mean, even in three, 2023, so that's, let's just say, you know, 18 months from now, 315 million monetizable <laughs> users is tiny. Considering, oh, and to double revenue, right? Oh, yeah. That, to double revenue by 2023 yeah. by charging $3 for a shitty paid version of your app. Good luck. Have they got any proof in the subscription model for them? Like, No, I think... Um, like YouTube's actually done very well on getting people to pay subscriptions to not see ads. Perfect. Yes, what Twitter's doing with ads. They're saying you can pay... Part of your subscription, you get you get a paid um, ad, adless news access. So... You can read news on our partner, like news sites, right? Yeah. So like uh, Wall Street Journal, Financial Times, uh, Rolling Stone, whatever it is, right? Um, but that's the only place that will be ad-free. The rest of Twitter, you will continue to see ads. <laughs> <laughs> Just on the news. Where you Just least, on the news. Because <laughs> you don't want your news experience to be interrupted. I know, right? I know. Oh my God. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's insane. I don't understand how he was, now thinking about it, he... He was part-time CEO of Twitter, essentially. Twitter had a part-time CEO. Well, he's too busy running Stripe, right? Which uh, is actually... Square. Square, Square sorry. Yeah, it's yeah. a much more exciting company in my... I mean, if you're into crypto and decentralized mm-hmm. finance and blockchain and stuff, where, where's your focus going to be? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. one of the things I've learned as a, as a CEO is like be very careful about how many new businesses you add mm. <laughs> <laughs> because it can right. turn around and bite you in the ass yeah. in a major way. Because you're distracted, hundred percent. You know, so it's this. There's an illusion that if you add more, you know, products or businesses to your portfolio, that you're just going to grow. Mm. So, like one plus one equals two, and actually, in, what I've learned is that one plus one equals like one point three. You know what I mean? It doesn't <laughs> yeah. quite equal the two that you were expecting yeah. because your because your focus is split. The time it takes to actually get the product, the second business. Uh, as an example, to a commercially, you know, scalable sort of situation um, or life stage, it takes way longer. Yeah, yeah. So when it was, was going to take you three years to build a million-dollar company, it's not going to take you six. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think just double down on the one that you dig and then fuck the others. <laughs> Maybe that's what Jack's doing. It's either that or he was pushed out by Elliott Management, that activist investor. Yes. One of the two. <laughs> yes, I know. And interestingly, um, to, well, yesterday, uh, Jonathan and I came across uh, this website called elonbtc.io. Now, uh, what's, uh, this was a funny thing because I actually Googled SpaceX. Uh, like, so, I mean, I put it into YouTube, like SpaceX. Um, and I came across a live stream, right, which had Elon Musk and Jack Dorsey embedded in the live stream. Mm. There were 8,000 live viewers. Okay, and the whole proposition, the message was, um, you know, uh, Elon and Jack want to drive the adoption of cryptocurrency 
and uh, what they'll do is they'll double your Bitcoin. So you send, they had two QR codes with an Ethereum and a Bitcoin wallet and you had to send like 0.1 up to 20 Bitcoin and they were going to send it back to you from SpaceX to double your mm. money. So um, it was so well done. I'm going to bring it up on screen for everybody. So it's still there. It's crazy. The stream's not there anymore. Mm. Uh, the video has been removed by the uploader, no shit. Um, <laughs> but it was so well done um, I mean, even on this website now, you can actually see this is basically a scam, guys. Is why we why are we talking about it? Yeah. Um, on the website, you can see the two uh, wallet addresses, and then you can also see the apparent transactions of people transacting, mm-hmm. sending from you know their wallet to uh, to this, and it's got SpaceX logo on it. I mean, it looks so legit, right? <laughs> Doesn't it? It looks scarily legit. I mean, if they had 8,000 people on that live stream, can you imagine how many people got ripped? Oh, totally. We, we almost did. Yeah, I know. Literally, we almost did. I know. Like, that would have been embarrassing, right? Luckily, I had, <laughs> I had a, you know, I've got security on my wallet that forces me to give it 24 hours notice before I need to send. So I gave the notice yesterday. That's really? how close we were to doing it. I know, right? Like, I know. I, it's crazy, man. Um, but uh, I think the point that we're trying to make here is that it's the, the 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 sophistication of companies or scam artists now that are operating i mean it li- looked so real dude like mm. i even sent it to you i was like check this out yeah i thought it was love and, honestly and even the love. even the content with uh that jack and elon were talking about was about cryptocurrency Crypto, yeah it was so well done insanely good it was so well done um Probably giving them too much kudos. Yeah, <laughs> just to the viewers, don't don't go there. Don't yeah. try it. It legit is a scam. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, and it was fascinating because um, the question I had, and I think I asked my wife, was like, you know, how, why, why, why would you do it? Why would you do this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, simple, right? Yeah. I mean, to make money. Yeah, I know, but like, how do you live with yourself? What are you thinking? Are you thinking that, I mean, how do you justify it in your head? So if you were a narcissist, would you say to yourself, well, they dumb, if they gave me Bitcoin or Ethereum, they'd be, you know, they're, they're stupid and they're idiots and they should get ripped off anyway. Probably. That's probably what goes through a narcissist's head. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, I know being an entrepreneur can be a very lonely experience. You sometimes get stuck, don't you? Well, if you're like me, being stuck sucks. But what if you could access the minds of over 850 CEOs who have built companies generating billions of dollars in revenue and access all of that knowledge in a fraction of a second? Well, the good news is you can literally do that today. What my team have built is Matt Brown AI. It is trained on all the interviews, over 850 of them that I've done to date, all my books, all the knowledge capital that has been generated over the last 10 years right here on the Matt Brown Show. And you can get access to all of that right now for free. So how do you get access to this? Well, head on over to mattbrownshow.com and at the top, you'll see community. Hit that link, sign up. It's absolutely free and you'll be given instant access to Matt Brown AI and a community of over 100,000 subscribers. <laughs> so what I are you saying, Jay Burn? <laughs> How many narcissists do you know? Oh, none. Absolutely none. Yeah. You don't know any? Uh-uh. Oh, maybe sure? one, maybe one. Yeah. One or two. I think everybody has to know at least one. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah. And then uh, we came across this uh, clip um, on Instagram. So apparently, according to Business Week, and we're bringing it up on screen for everybody, there is a team. Uh, here it is. Uh, these vigilantes are patrolling the darkest corners of the crypto world mm-hmm. for shitcoin scans. So this is quite interesting. Um, and what was interesting for me about this, let me make this a bit bigger for everybody. What they call themselves again? The rug Seekers, that's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Robert Browning and his motley crew named the Rug Seekers for a popular pump and dump scam called the Rug Pool. <laughs> it's amazing, eh? They're examining its source code, wallets, and price charts for red flags indicating fraud. Uh, Browning enters the coin's group chats on Telegram. Uh, blah blah blah, and so basically, this guy's built a business, essentially looking at all these scams. And the sad thing is, for, from from my perspective around this space, is that um, it gives the space a bad name. It does, you know. It does. So I mean, so many people must have been ripped. Yeah. With that Elon 100%. BTC thing, and surely you would think that YouTube would be able to have sophisticated algorithms to sniff out. That this is they in should, fact right? a scam. Yeah, yeah, they should. Well, Facebook managed to do it to me in five minutes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, how is your spe- your Facebook situation coming on? Um, I got what's it been a month? Posting to Facebook every day or Meta every day. I must say, it's been quite impressive to watch your relentlessness. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the little guy against the man, right? David versus Goliath. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So your Facebook account for everyone who hasn't been following was banned because it was hacked, hacked by, and then banned. by a hacker, and yeah. then because of what the hacker posted, it was banned, uh, permanently disabled, and uh, cannot be reversed. So no fault as, as of your own, says. essentially. Yeah, no fault of my own. Had two-factor authentication on, which is absolutely crazy. No idea how the hackers got in. Well, that's why you should have a. How did you? How did they get in then? I have no idea. Like I have two-factor authentication on my account, it's not my possible. Facebook account. Two-factor authentication on my Gmail account, which is used for Facebook. Uh-huh. Right. So I got a, a text message with a one-time pin. No link in it. Like uh-huh. I wasn't scammed with a link that asked me to put in additional stuff. I just got the requ- the the OTP. Yeah. Uh, next second, my account was compromised. Super weird. I've asked Facebook. <laughs> 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 haven't got a response on that. Yeah, you have though. I've got one. So I got one response from Facebook yesterday, a month after posting every single day. Um, and it was just a link. Yeah, you can you can secure your compromised account here. But that's a step before where I am now. Yeah. Like, so my, basically, you permanently disabled me, dude. Like, <laughs> this, this link doesn't work. Yeah, 14 years of memories go down the tube. 14 years of memories. Got it. This is why Facebook sucks. This is why right? Facebook is... Horrible. By the way, we are live on Facebook. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is true. <laughs> so last episode, we were talking about NFTs. Um, and so I had the question after we were talking about Gary V and V Friends, and he was selling his uh, doodles mm. after dinner, shitty artwork <laughs> at Christie's. I yeah, mean, well done, the Gary. world's gone insane. Yeah. Um, and so the question I had was, you know, how do you make money from NFTs? Mm. And what is the opportunity for entrepreneurs so if you're looking to uh, for a hustle a side hustle potentially employed you want to make some money on the side uh can you make nf or can you make money off nfts mm-hmm. and how do you do that so i found this really amazing clip uh which will um set up this next segment so cool. here we go how much would you pay for this artwork in march 2021 This art piece created by digital artist Beeple sold for over $69 million, becoming one of the most expensive works of art ever sold at an auction. The catch? Well, it doesn't exist yet, not physically at least. 
It's all thanks to a trend known as NFTs, or non-fungible tokens. And in recent years, it's taken the art scene by storm. In 2018, I went to Christie's and essentially credited with bringing NFTs to the art world. Um, And what happened was I gave away 300 free NFTs. Now, fast forward three years, um, each of those 300 NFTs that we gave out as like a physical card that you could cash in are worth about a million dollars. This piece is called Knockout. It was actually the first piece that I painted during 2021. So now this is the most expensive NFT that I've sold to date. I paired it with this physical piece. I sold it for the equivalent of about $17,000 US. The market has seen explosive growth in 2021. During its third quarter, NFT trading volume hit $10.7 billion, a 723% gain from the previous quarter, and a staggering gain of over 38,000% year over year. It's become um, something that was a bit of a novelty to something that's become a lot more mainstream very, very rapidly. And this is partially due to the fact that a lot of celebrities and people who are well-known have kind of jumped on the NFT bandwagon and given it kind of credibility. I think it's also been pushed very strongly by people who are into cryptocurrencies. That's another way of basically earning money and gaining value from cryptocurrencies. But NFT's astonishing growth has also led to deep skepticism over its market. I think the technology underlining NFTs is useful and has practical applications. How it's currently being used at the moment is just one rolling series of mad tulip mania style bubbles. That's all it really is, together with some very ugly artwork. So just how do non-fungible tokens work? And is it an asset worth investing in? NFTs refer to unique, one-of-a-kind digital assets that are verified and stored using blockchain technology. They are mostly traded using cryptocurrency in NFT-specific marketplaces, such as OpenSea or SuperRare. Early days, we called, uh, we didn't even call them NFTs. We would call it art on the blockchain, or before that, we were calling it dank rares. The simplest way to describe a non-fungible token is really a a digital representation of ownership um, in a individual aspect. So taking any sort of item, property, uh, contract, and essentially digitizing it, and the non-fungible tokenist or the token itself represents your ownership stake in that asset. And NFTs can be pretty much anything from music to video clips, domain names, and even tweets. But the current craze is really around collectibles and digital art. Since its inception, NFT collectibles have generated over $5.6 billion in sales, while digital art has generated over $1.8 billion. Things like artworks and collectibles have become the big commodity of NFTs because they naturally fit into what NFTs are. They're sort of certificates of authenticity. So when you're collecting something, you know, you can have a physical copy of something. And if that physical copy is unique, there's only one of that thing, it's easy to show the authenticity. But because of you know, digital being copyable, um, having this extra sort of like certificate of authenticity is really important to sort of show ownership of that particular thing. So that's uh, that's the stink about NFTs. Um, so I hope you enjoyed that clip. What do you think, Jayburn? I think it's cool. I think that's probably the best clip I've seen 
in terms of explaining how NFTs work. Yeah. I think they are definitely the most clear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to quickly run a, a concept through or pass you guys. So mm. um, how do you make money off NFTs? So I found this company. So this company is called Studio Muti. <clears throat> Studio M-U-T-I dot C-R-Z-A. So they do these amazing illustrations, mm. like really top draw. I mean, look at this. Um, three taverns, for instance. Wow, that's, yeah, that's just incredible. Like, it's guys, go to studiomuti.co.za. I'll also tag studiomuti on here. So I'm actually going to um, pitch them something. So what I'd like to do is uh, get them to do a series of illustrations for me that I will then sell the NFTs mm. on top of. That's cool. So not too dissimilar from Gary Vee, uh, but this could be a great JV between them and mm. myself. But I think... Uh, I don't like just to talk about stuff. I actually want to do stuff. Um, and obviously now with um, with me kind of exiting my companies, I'm looking for a way to test and have fun. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and if NFTs are not going away, and if you think about, you know, you don't grow by 38,000% as a category. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's off a zero base or a low base, I should say. But even in a quarter to quarter growth, you go from 1.3 billion to 10.7 right. billion. That's That doesn't happen easily. Yeah. Um, and I'm just cognizant of when I was covering the blockchain space. So when Bitcoin ran in 2019, I sold out like nine events back to back. And uh, the lo- the latest event or the lot, one of the biggest events, I should say, was 500 plus people uh, streamed live to 52 countries sponsored by CNBC Crypto Trader. Um, and I at that point, I had the biggest show brand after CNBC in terms of the crypto space. And I had a relationship with you know, both local and international uh, crypto thought leaders and stuff like that. Um, and I made the choice then to not do it. In other words, double yeah. down on just the crypto on space. Crypto, yeah. um, and I think back on that time and I wonder like what, where would the show be if it was crypto Kung Fu now? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and what could I have built? You know what I mean? Like right. it's an entirely different train uh, that I could have been on. Um, and I don't like doing the what if thing. And I, and I do, and now I think about the what if thing, you know, and the reason why I didn't want to cover blockchain crypto uh, was because the only thing that was anything was just the Bitcoin price. And I was sure. like, God, you know, that's what you're going to do. How long can you talk about the Bitcoin price? Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. it's going to run guys. And alt, altcoin season, like, oh my yeah. God, please shoot me in the ICOs. ICOs. You know? Yeah. And the, yeah. the pump and dumps were real back then. Right. Yeah, so. True. Um, and then it was also like the the, so the the kind of scam narrative, just like we did covered earlier, still hasn't gone away. Yeah. You know, it's still very much, uh, you know, oh, it's a tulip mania, as that guy <laughs> was saying around NFTs. Yeah, I think um, that's bullshit, to be honest. Yeah. That's bullshit. Yeah. So I'm thinking about collectibles and saying, okay, mm. how can I, well, also attach some elements of contribution to the NFT marketplace that I'd like to build with Studio Muti as an example. Yeah. So as an example, like you, you know, you sell like all the money generated from the sale of these digital illustrations, um, you know, would, would go to education, Yeah, for instance, Mm -hmm. you know, to pay for education of a child or something like that. Um, what do you think? I think it's awesome. I think it's great. Let's do it. Yeah. You want to do it? (laughs) God, I have to do another thing with you. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Just when you thought you were done with me. (laughs) But I know, right? But tell me, um about your idea around nfts oh cool yeah i've got two um the first one it's similar because it is art right is 
here in South Africa, you have these these artists who come from poor communities who create create art and then sell them next to traffic lights or at it, at intersections, right? Um, for very cheap, and they, in most cases, brilliant. You know, it could be wood, it could be you know wire art. Sometimes it's paintings, um, and to sell those through NFTs to a global market. So instead of selling to the person who's driving past in the car in South Africa for next to nothing, um, sell that to people in the United States, the UK, Australia, right? It's authentic art with a story. Who is this person? What do they want for their family? How will purchasing this piece of artwork help that family into the future? Um, yeah, that's that's one idea that I have. I love that idea. Um, I think African art's super popular, man. Or it just is. like, you know, all the tourists who aren't coming here because of COVID. Totally, totally. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. if you wanted to own that digital yeah. piece of that real African and art. such great stuff comes out of this country. Mm. Yeah. And it's really impressive. Like if you see Amazing. the quality of the actual work i yep. mean how do you make a plane or a bus or a train out of wire i know right you know I what know. i mean it's absolutely like that's incredible. a uniquely african yeah. skill and that's why i suppose what makes it valuable mm-hmm. what's your other idea so the, the other idea is around collectibles so the you know the biggest piece of the nft market is around collectibles right um so to create digital collectible rooms so imagine you imagine you had a, a room in your house that was, you know, you put all your collectibles, your baseball cards and your signed basketballs and whatever, you know. So a digital version of that where you can store all the items that you've purchased through NFTs. And that room then can, you know, increase, decrease in value over time. You can sell that. Maybe you can sell shares in your collectible room <laughs> to individuals. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And that can increase and decrease in value over time. It depends on the content of the room. Surely that exists. Why don't I you don't do know. it? Do it. Yeah, but I'm doing stuff with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time. <laughs> yeah, but I love that idea, right? Because yeah. of the room, you know, do you want to own the art itself? Or do you want someone else to do all the heavy li- It's almost, what is it? It's like a NFT lounge fund. That's cool. Right? That's it's cool. a fund for NFT lounges. Yeah. So... You can view the value of the rooms and the collectibles in the room, yes. and you can look at the type of the you know whoever owns the room. You can look at what their collectible strategy is. What about entrance fee into the room to take a look at the content? Like if you see a room worth a billion dollars, I want to know what's inside that. Uh-huh. You can charge me an entrance fee. I don't mind. It's interesting. Three dollars, right? five dollars entrance fee. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> I mean, people do it at museums, you know, art exhibitions. All that kind of stuff. So why not in a in a digital collectible room? I do like that idea. Hmm. I do like that from an investment perspective. Yeah. So somebody build it. <laughs> yeah, and then and then tweet uh, me at, at Matt Brown's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. That's basically what you need to do. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Ideas are worthless unless you actually make them work. Yep. So totally. Cool. So we're going to get on to our first feature, mm. um, and this is a clip from the infamous David Goggins. I get a lot of questions about how I lost so much weight. Um, people want to know how they can get started. So basically, you're thinking too much off the bat. When I lost my fucking weight, I didn't look for a trainer. I didn't do all that thinking. I didn't go on Jenny Craig. I didn't do all that shit. What I did was I basically stopped eating so much fucking food. I cut my calories down. So as far as the workout goes, we overthink that also. Until you find a trainer, go out there and start fucking walking. Put some shoes on, start running. 
go to the gym, do the elliptical trainer. It's not rocket science. A lot of folks talk about overtraining. You gotta train first before you can overtrain. Sometimes you wake up in the morning time and you're sore and you feel like you're overtrained. No, you got sore fucking legs. Get out of your own head and stop overthinking it. Stay hard. Oh, that's classic. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. I love that man. I love that man. <laughs> and actually, um, that's a, a great precursor to the next thing that um, I'm going to do today, which is to issue everybody a challenge. Mm -hmm. So David Goggins has, it's the second year of this, but it's basically called the 4 by 4 by 48 challenge. 4 by 4 by 48. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that and it happens in March. Let me actually see if I can bring out the exact date. 4 by 4 by 48 date. Uh, it's March the 5th. Okay. So the March the 5th, um, is the date. Um, and so the idea is that you run four miles, which mm -hmm. is that in, it's like seven K's or something. Yeah. I need a conversion there. Four miles in kilometers. It's six, six and, and a half, half. K's. Mm -hmm. So you have to run six and a half K's every four hours for 48 hours. Wow. Wow. Are you in? Well, uh, <laughs> so you got to run four miles, four miles every four hours, every four hours for forty-eight hours. So how long does it take to run four miles? How long would it take it, you to run four miles? Six and a uh, half. K. Six and a half k is probably forty minutes. Forty minutes. Thirty-five. Forty minutes. So you get, Thirty minutes. You get forty minutes, and you get like you get three and a. You get three hours three of sleep. Three. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, you got three hours of not running. Yeah. So basically, the you don't get eight hours of sleep. So the idea is, is that you know, during the night you might get an hour mm. or two because um, you're going to spend an hour doing stuff. Yeah. Like I got kids, I've got, you know, um, responsibilities and things like that. So depending on when it is in the day, yeah. I'm going to have other things I'm going to need to do. Like, so I'm not going to be able to sleep. Where, so that, where's the, maybe this is, maybe this is dumb question, but it's four by four by 48. Yeah. What's the second four or so it's four. It's four miles. Four miles every four hours. Every four hours. Yeah, four forty-eight 48 hours. hours. So how many miles would you do over forty-eight hours? Uh, you would do four times twelve. Yeah. Yeah. Four times twelve. Four times twelve. Forty-eight. Forty-eight miles. So forty-eight miles. Forty-eight miles in kilometers. Case. Seventy-seven. So what's a marathon? Thirty-two. Thirty-two is a is a full marathon. Thirty-two k's. Forty-two, sorry. Forty-two Mar marathon distance is twenty-six miles. 26 marathon distance miles. in kilometers, so it's forty-two. Forty-two. Yeah, so it's forty-two kilometers. So you'd be doing almost two marathons in in two days. In two days with almost well, yeah, I'm out. little sleep. I'm out. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm done. Don't be like that, man. I'll, I will record it for you. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what I've, what I've decided is, um, is that I'm going to do it. Mm. I would like anybody listening to the show right now to tweet me or comment on the stream. Let me know if you're keen to do it with me. Ah, that's so cool. I'm going to have a film crew. We're going to document the whole thing. And then the other thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, make it a charitable cause. Nice. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to donate uh, a thousand rand for every mile mm -hmm. that I run mm -hmm. to a school in need. Wow. So basically Incredible. if I finish it, it will be uh, 77,000 Rand that I'm going to donate in cash mm. to the school. 
Um, and then what I'm also going to do is I'm going to give um, a thousand copies of my number one Amazon best-selling book, mm. Your Inner Game, to their metric class. That's cool. Yeah, of the year. Yeah. So if you know of a school, if you're a teacher listening to this uh, and you want to nominate a school again, uh, let me know. Uh, tweet me at Matt Brown ZA or drop me a mail. Hello at mattbrownshow.com. So yeah, that's the 4 by 448 So here's the clip of David announcing it. Um, here we go. All right. It's a good time to announce the 4 by 4 by 48 I figure a lot of you just got through eating Thanksgiving dinner, gained about five pounds, looking for ways to kid it off your ass. The 4 by 4 by 48 is a good way, looking for goals for next year. Well, four miles every four hours for 48 hours is a good way to do it. You can start training now. It starts March 4th. We're starting out west. It starts at 8 p.m. West Coast time. So I have a lot more information to pass out. Once again, it's a good way to raise money. Last year, we raised over $3 million. Hopefully this year, we can raise more. I'm going to be running with several groups this year, starting out west, working my way back home. Several celebrities want to join me to see what they got. So start training hard and stay hard. So there you go, hmm. David the man. So what is 8 p.m. Western time in South Africa? What have been uh, nine hours? US, yeah, it's nine hours. So yeah. what'll that be? That'll be five p.m. Is that five p.m.? No, it's three a.m. Oh, did he say eight p.m.? Yeah. Oh, eight p.m. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. I'll start. So it's so if you want to do this with me, we'll start running at three a.m. Three a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Mm, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you're such a little bitch about it. Uh, I think it's I think it's a really awesome thing to listen. I my thing is, you know, you got to do the stuff that scares you. Sure, like legit. Um, and the one of the biggest things for me is mental toughness. Mm. Like you, you can only grow a business to the extent that you do, and it's all in your mind. And that's very much what um David got. I mean, obviously he's talking about general mental strength and yeah. doing crazy stuff. He's got the world record for pull ups and what have you, but. What I'm saying to you is as an entrepreneur, if you want to get through the fire, sometimes mm. the only way out is through. And the thing that's going to stop you from getting through the fire when when the shit's really hitting the fan is your mind. Yeah. It is your mind. Um, and, you know, I've spoken on the show before around, uh, you know, me running. I don't even run. Mm. Like I'm not even a runner. And then, you know, I ran 2Ks hobbling around like a like a little old man. <laughs> and I hate weakness. And then two days later, I ran 6Ks, two days, 11, uh, two days after that, 11. And then like literally within three weeks, two, three weeks, I ran a half marathon. Mm. So, so it is possible. It is possible. And, you know, this is a good, uh, a good cause. So if you want to get yeah. involved, um, then I'd love for you to, to get in touch with me. So, so yeah, so that's pretty much the, that one. Cool stuff. Yeah, man. Uh, so who do you want to nominate to... Um, to be part of that. Oh, well, who do I want to nominate? That's yeah. a good question. Mm-hmm. I'd probably need time to think, right? <laughs> so somebody locally. Mm. Well, if you're listening to this, nominate somebody. Yeah, nominate someone in the chat. Yeah, nominate Tag somebody them. in the chat, yeah, and then we'll get amongst it. So... Um, other news, guys, that came up this week uh, is that Rihanna has now been made an official national hero of Barbados. Mm. So, 
quite a quite a thing. Um, she is a billionaire, so that's why I wanted to kind of share this. But I think um, you know she's she's the one of the the richest music star in the world. I think at the moment is it? Yeah, I, I mean female. That's I should crazy. Say. Yeah, richest. I didn't know that female music star artist. Yeah, Rihanna. Yeah, she is. Dude, she's worth wow. $1. $1.7 billion. Wow. Do you know? About a long way too, right? Did you know that? I didn't know that. $1.7 billion. So she, she's the wealthiest by a long way. It's next level here. That is crazy. So, I mean, you don't just do that by... I mean, the next one in line here is, is Jennifer Lopez with $400 million, and She's been doing films. So yeah. Barbara Streisand, Victoria Beckham's eight... Oh, he's not. Oh, to be no. fair, Rihanna does do a few films. Oh, this is yeah. true. Yeah, she does. She does. But I think what's really fascinating for well, Barbados one is given the Queen the Bird. Yes. <laughs> it's yes. now the world's Broken newest ties. republic. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Do you know how they came about? Barbados? Yeah. Um I'm assuming you do. You're, no. you're about to tell me. No, no, no. no. I, have you been I, to Barbados? I can, no, I really want to. I know you have, though, right? <laughs> yeah. On on the yachts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it. I think it came about. Um, so the British colonized the colonized the island mm -hmm. and then shipped slaves from Africa um, to do work there in in fields. Yeah, I believe that's how it came about. So like terrible history. Um, so good on them for finally breaking all ties with. Um, Still part of the Commonwealth, though. Yeah, yeah, sure. Part ways with the Queen. I think the, uh, I think it's a good move. Um, you know, I think with, I think as you know, we spoke about Malawi and Mike Tyson, mm, for instance. Mm. You know, Mike Tyson becoming a weed ambassador for Malawi mm. uh, last week. Um, you know, I think, I, I think it's it's unusual to see you know. Countries like Barbados separating yeah. from the the royalty or the Commonwealth, mm. or not the Commonwealth, but like British rule, so mm. to speak, um, because it does. I mean, it's like the like the Brits left Europe, you know, with Brexit. Yeah, yeah Barbados yeah. left. Yeah. It's like everyone's like. I mean, it's really because uh, she was there technically. You know, Chad can correct me if I'm wrong, but it, she's she's their queen. She was as of not anymore. Not anymore. But I think. You can Google this because I could be way off here. Or I could be spotted. I'm pretty sure that um, she's still uh, the Queen of Canada. Is she? And Australia. Is the Queen... Yeah, Australia, I think she is. Right? And Canada, I think, as well. Um, I could be full of it right now. But, uh, yeah, somebody in chat tell me. She's head of state. Head of state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Head of state. Queen, head of state. Yeah, whatever. And Australia. And Australia. Yep. It's crazy. Const eh? Constitutional monarchy. It's crazy. And the, yeah. the other countries as well. The other countries as well. Imagine doing nothing and just ruling. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I know, right? Lazy. You've got to stand shoulder to shoulder with my British brothers. <laughs> so uh, this other clip came out, uh, or this other news piece came out uh, today. Um, this was basically uh, Elon Musk. So this is all about... Uh, the whistleblower story around Tesla. So uh, apparently, you know, sexual discrimination yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Um, and so Elon in his infamous style and in an apparent joke with whistleblowers. Wow. This is this is ridiculous. Wow. So check this out. So Elon Musk jokes about whistleblowers with wow. new Tesla product. <laughs> okay. That is, what does it say? They go down to the tweet? Blow the 
blow, blow, the, whistle blow the whistle on Tesla. And that's a Tesla whistle? So it's a cy- he's calling it a cyber, cyber whistle, and it's inspired by the Cybertruck. So it looks like a Cybertruck that Tesla has made, but it's actually a whistle. He, how, how, how can he be, I'm a little lost for words right now. Like, how can he make so many wrong moves? How can he continue to make so many wrong moves? I don't, I don't know. I think I, I quite like it. So in October, Tesla was ordered to pay $137 million to Owen Diaz, an African-American employee mm. at the F- Fremont plant for failing to stop him being abused. Mm. $137 million. Mm. That's I'm unreal. sure it's uh, proportional to the pain and suffering. Yeah, yeah, okay, but it's still a lot of money. Yeah, it That's is. That's like over a billion rand. I know, right? How many people get, you know, sexually rand or settled, I know. abused in South Africa yeah. and get nothing? That's the thing is I, I also guess that, you know, they have to make the company hurt and a company as big as Tesla with as much financial backing as Tesla Learn from your mistakes. Yeah. But corporates in America don't seem to get, I mean, like what did Facebook get, get fined a billion dollars? Yeah. Like they make that every it's week. It's very different. It's very different over there, right? Or, or at least from my perception, it's very different over there. Like corporate America is super different to corporate South Africa. Like when it comes to um, like societal responsibility and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, they get away with murder. Yeah. I mean, even look at, I don't know what's ha- what happened with Uber, but uh, I mean, they listed at like $90 billion. So I think they got away with it. But even look how they grew. Um, like the, sp- the most impressive software that, that Uber ever built isn't Uber. It's the creepy little programs that they created to, to expand. <laughs> there was one I remember. Now I might be going off on a track on a different track here, but think about they built, a, a, it was codenamed Hell, which tracked <laughs> Lyft drivers so that they could poach them from Lyft, right? Which was then the biggest like cab hailing company in the US, which they did successfully. Then Grayball. So Grayball, um, Grayball would identify people of law enforcement using the app. And I think it was very big in Australia because Australia actually banned Uber. And Uber was like, fuck this. Yeah. We're here. Yeah. We'll ask for forgiveness later. <laughs> and, and Grayball would identify like government officials using the app and change their version of the app so that they couldn't find a cab. <laughs> like that's just straight up like obstruction of justice. Oh my right? God. But uh, only in America, right? That, that's why that saying exists. It's, it's, it's insane. So, you know, speaking of uh, corporate America, um, check this out. So this was, uh, this chap's name is Robert Billiet. So he was a, he is an environmental lawyer. So he was on my show not too long ago. Um, he was on episode 256. You can go and check that out on uh, Facebook. Um, but they've made a Netflix series out of his story. So he took on DuPont um, and because DuPont was pumping chemicals into the water. So, you know, DuPont makes um, Teflon and stuff like that. Um, and so people like hectic, hectic, hectic like really, really bad health issues that, yeah. were, that came as a, as a result of this. And he, for 19 years, fought DuPont on his own. It was unreal. Like this guy's a complete monster. If you talk about like perseverance, wow. yeah. like he's the embodiment of that. Um, and eventually they won. And it was the largest class action lawsuit in US corporate history. Wow. Yeah. So, but they got away with it. 
like they got away with it. If it wasn't for, they would still be getting away with it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. to your point around like corporate America seems to be, you know, in a class of its own. Yeah. Um, I don't know how it happens. Like, honestly, what is the background of this guy? Roberts. Yeah. What is his background? Um, he's an environment. He was just a, an environmental lawyer and, okay. and a guy pitched up at his office one day yeah. and said, Hey, my, this guy was a farmer and the cattle were dying on, um, on, uh, on his farm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he was like, nah, you know, can't be true. Um, and eventually he started to doing, started doing some investigation. Yeah. Um, and yeah, let me actually play the, the trailer. So is for, that the, is that the series there? Dark Waters? Yeah. Dark Waters. It's on Netflix. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so just a, a really, really amazing film. What's this actor's name again? Mark Ruffalo yeah, is the main, yeah. is the lead actor. actor. Yeah. He's, he's ridiculous. It's like next level. Um, but um, amazing uh, series. You should is absolutely it, is it a series it. or is it a, is it a movie? No, it's a, it's a series. Pretty sure it's a series. Yeah, it was a series or movie. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> it's on TV. It's on TV. Nah, watch. Nah, veg. Yeah. So I um, highly recommend checking that out, guys, if you haven't yet already. So let's do uh, Would You or Wouldn't You? Okay. So let's go. What you got for me? Oh, what you got for me? <laughs> you had one job. This segment always, uh, it always catches me by surprise. <laughs> I know, right? I know. I know. So... I've been thinking about, um, we've been selling branded interviews. Mm. So um, people come on the show, I interview them and I basically tell their story and give them a whole bunch of media exposure. We guarantee like 10,000 views per clip or per interview uh, or we refund the money. Um, and it's something like we've been running the show now for six years. We've had 2 million downloads, 340 episodes. It was the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. Like legit. It's the best thing I've ever done because it helped me get over a lot of the insecurities and imposter syndrome stuff that I, that I'd, I just carried with me mm-hmm. for some reason. Um, and like, I'm an introvert. Don't really like meeting people. You know, I just, people must go. You're away. an introverted extrovert. Uh, yeah, is that what I describe? Yeah, uh, thank sure, you so much. Sure, yeah. Is that a new thing? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And it's like the, the more I podcast, the richer I get, mm. you know? Um, and, for six years, I didn't commercialize it. I was like, no, no, no. It's, you know, the philosophy of the show is just about helping people. I mustn't commercialize it, all this kind of yeah. stuff. And then literally in the last month, we've made just under $20,000 in revenue just it's through awesome, right? four weeks, dude. Yeah. Four weeks. That's how fast it took to commercialize yeah. it. Um, and it's making uh, probably like 10, 15% of our monthly revenue in about four weeks. Mm. And I know we're going into a quiet period of the year. So I've been thinking about, you know, would you or wouldn't you? And and looking back at, you know, um, Digital Kung Fu and Tech Lead Bay and Black Swan, the mm-hmm. whole group of companies that we have and the products and stuff. And, you know, exiting that, we spoke about that on the last show as well. Um, and how uh, I'm probably going to walk with like a million dollars after cash, you know. And and we asked the question, is it enough? Yeah. Would you sell for a million dollars or yeah. not? Um, and, um, and, we, and we agreed that it was about timing in your life. You know, so for me now, moving to the States at some point next year, um, you know, when they'll let us fly again, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, is, 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 would you, would I podcast? Yes. Only. Yes. And do, you know, branded interviews and stuff like that. And if you'd asked me like three months ago, that question, I would say no. Yeah. Um, I would want to get into another tech 
business, mm-hmm. you know, take SME rocket fuel, mm-hmm. you know, provide yeah, pre- fintech, fintech pre-approved yeah. finance for, for businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you connect your business accounting software. We kind of built this already. Yeah. Right. So we may or may not sell it. So, um, so, I mean, I could do that. And, and like, I back, I would back myself to make that work regardless of what the situation mm. is for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, if I've set my mind to something, I back myself yeah. to do it. But now I'm sitting in a situation where it's like, well, what's what's a true passion? And I said on the show before, like, you know, if if I could make money, if I could make a living for my, not just a living, I don't want to, I'm not a survival guy. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but if I could make a, 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 good, a great living for myself doing podcasting, mm-hmm. it's probably the dream job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is, would you build a tech company or would you podcast? If you had to choose between yeah. one or the other, I've got a gun to your head. So, so me personally, yeah. 100% podcast. Why? Um, it's minimal resources, right? How far you take it is totally up to you. So you're not bound by your ability to finance, um, you know, a development team, for example. Um, also, it's just straight up enjoyable. It's never not enjoyable. Does that make sense? It like does it's never sense. not enjoyable. It's always fun. And even if, if I swing this back, I want to swing it back to you for a second, right? Mm-hmm. You've been doing this for six years, uh-huh. right? Yeah. You, you haven't done anything work-wise for six years, have you? Work-wise, what do you mean? Yeah, well, of course. I, mean, I built several companies in the last six years. Uh, did you, over six years? Technically, you better than three, three six years. years ago, right? Three years. And you know that after six years, you still dig this shit. Yeah. Still. Yeah. Which probably means that's never going to change. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I guess so. I mean, it's, uh, it is a, I mean, I don't think I chose podcasting. I think podcasting kind of chose me mm. as a medium. Oh. Well, because it sucks to do it on your own. Like in the beginning, most people, like if I had a dollar for every time someone uh, said, hey man, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm like, sick, go and do that. Come talk to me in six months. Yeah. Because I know you're not going to be doing mm. it. It's hard work. You have to build a network. It's hard to market. It's hard, hard, hard. Yeah. There's a graveyard of like three episode shows. And it's also, a lot of them are iTunes. like, I'll use the YouTube or, um, yeah, I know this term's thrown around YouTube all the time, is the talking head video. Mm. So it's like, it's literally just you, one person yeah. looking into the camera. Doing a talking head video, right? Do that again, do that again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. one person talking into the camera, doing a, a talking head video. Yeah. Right? And this is the show. Yeah. This is you, what we it do. It looks great. It, lo- it, it looks, looks great. great. must be boring as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, even just getting that, getting your story, like having the confidence to speak when mm. it's unscripted like this for an hour. Right. Like we've been doing it for an hour and there's been moments in the show where it's like, fuck, why are we talking about Rihanna? <laughs> Yeah, and that, it's cool. Yeah, though, right? and I it's mean, like let it flow. It's like whatevs. Yeah, you know exactly. But uh, but now you know. I think if I was sitting in the US, I reckon I could probably make ten thousand dollars a week. Yeah, easy. Yeah, and that is that isn't just enough. That's more than enough. Oh, it's I wouldn't even it to touch my money. Yeah, like goodbye. Like yeah. I'd have more money than I doing could spend. what you love. Yeah, on your own time, as you like. You're in full control. Margin is massive. Margin is insane. It's a no-brainer. If you if you can do it and you can monetize it, I think only a fool would not. But it's a passion, right? And it's very interesting to think about, you know, is this – because 
You see, the thing is that what, what, what I wrestle with is like, well, can you build a million dollar business off a podcast? Mm. So $40,000 a month. So you're looking at 480,000 mm. US a year. You can't sell a podcast. I don't think it's about building a business. I think it's about generating wealth. No, but for me, maybe, yeah, especially you get a free cash. It's and generating you could reinvest. wealth. Yeah, 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 I suppose, yeah, you could do it. It's just a, a very, because I've been so into the tech space for so long mm. and so knee deep, neck, neck deep, yeah. knee deep um, that it's hard for me to pull my mind out and mm. actually believe that there's another possibility. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, you're showing it to yourself. I know. Right that's now. what's insane. Mm. Or should I say amazing? <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. You know, <laughs> it is amazing that people want to pay me a lot of money, yeah, to get on the show so I can tell their story, yeah, because you do it well. It's not like it's an unknown to them, they can go check it out, yeah, you know, they're deciding to do it. I know, and the other thing is to be dedicated to the show as opposed to being split, yeah. So, I've been CEO of a number of companies, the podcast yeah. has just been something else I do on the side yeah. when, I, when I can find the time, mm-hmm. so now I have a hundred percent time, yeah. Way more money. I mean, think about think about the different. I mean, it's all part of the Matt Brown show, right? This is a, this is a, a what do you want to call it? What do you call it? A version, yeah, of the Matt Brown show. Yeah, or yeah. Call, getting down with Brown. Uh-huh. Uh, what else could you do if you could if you could do this five days a week? Oh my gosh! What I mean, what could you do? I don't know. What could it you? It opens up a whole other space for the show. Totally. You know. Totally. Speaking of like when I spoke about that Bitcoin story in, at the beginning, you know, when every, when I was just couldn't stop selling out yeah. <laughs> live events. I mean, yeah. being in the US as well to do live shows again, to do live events, you know, I, I dig that stuff. And that's another whole yeah, thing. Vlogging. Vlogging, Vlog. products, community yeah. stuff, you know. Mm. Um, yeah. So there's lots to get into. So, um, so you yes, would. So I you would. would. Yes. So you would basically. Long story short. Yes. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would too, right? I would. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, well, yeah, I'm doing it, bro. Yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, exclusively. Drop you drop everything after the sale and you podcast. I oh, know. Would you do it? Yes, I'm, do- I'm doing it. It's, it. it's decided. It. Entrepreneur education, buddy. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Sick. Cool. So, uh, soapbox for the week uh, is this tweet. Let me bring it up for everybody. Uh, this is really a mindset thing that I put out there uh, yesterday. So take a look at this. And the tweet goes: When the doors close on you, make a note to yourself to come back and buy mm. the building. And this is the thing, you know, doors will always close on you, you know, as a founder, as an entrepreneur, as a human. Um, and your mind, again, I spoke about the mindset, you know, mm. the reason why I want to do the Goggins 4x4x48 is all about toughening my own mindset mm. so that when doors close on me, I can come back and go, fuck you, pal, I'm going to come buy the building. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. where are you? Yeah. Where are you? Okay, cool. And this is the other thing you know, I've learned. You must never write off anyone. Don't even write off yourself because you, you never know who you're going to become. Um, and so that's a really important, um, you know, belief that I have. And it's something that I would encourage all of us to, to encourage, you know, to believe in mm. ourselves and as entrepreneurs and founders. So when those doors close and you come back and buy the building, decide you're going to come back and buy that building. What do you, what, what word would you, would you attach to that? What is that drive? If you, if you could put that drive into a word, what would it be? Resilience, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Resilience nice. in the face of any and all adversity. There's only one way. You must mm-hmm. burn the ships. I'm going to come invade your land and fuck your shit up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's a. Yeah. You know you have to be the lion, not the mm-hmm. sheep. Most people are sheep, so that's cool. 
yeah, go and eat their lunch. That's what I say. <laughs> so thank you guys for being on the show. Thank you for all the comments on uh, YouTube and stuff like that. Really dig it. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see you all again on Friday for another edition of Getting Down the Brown. Jay Brown? Let's go. Let's do it. Thanks, guys. We'll be in touch. Hey there, guys. At smerocketfield.com, you can access new markets and your ideal customers within seconds from a globally compliant data engine built specifically to help your business grow faster than ever before. And the best part, it's free. Yes, that's right. It is free. Head on over to smerocketfield.com and sign up for free today so that you can start accelerating your business growth faster than ever before, wherever you are, with smerocketfield.com. Ever wanted to become a best-selling author? Well, I'm in the influence business and I work with business owners and CEOs and business leaders to help them scale their influence. And we do this as a team by helping you to become a best-selling author, sought-after speaker and industry influencer in only 30 days. My team and I have developed a system that delivers a best-selling book and a launch campaign 300% faster and 50% less cost than anyone else in North America. This system is incredibly efficient. One of my Clients Haiku went from a 2% share of voice globally to an 11% share of voice globally in only seven days. If you'd like more information, head on over to showworksmedia.com for more. That is showworks with an X.com.